Welcome to another episode of G-List is a Podcast. I'm Michael Kay. And I'm Allison. A couple of episodes ago, we talked about how Mila Kunis and Ashton Kutcher admitted on Dax Shepard's podcast that they don't fully wash themselves all the time. Mm-hmm. And they usually just give themselves a whore bath, like they clean their pits and crotches, mm-hmm. but they don't lather up from head to toe. Mm-hmm. And they said that they don't wash their babies every day either. They wait until they see dirt, which I thought was gross, but whatever. So I thought it was a non-story. Um, you know, it's a fluffy but stinky story. I didn't think much of this story. Mm-hmm. But it's become a whole thing now. Yeah. <laughs> everyone everyone has been like, uh, like admitting what they do, whether it's bathing or not bathing yes it has had celebrities have come out and talked about how much they bathe i mean we have mila and ashton to thank for this as as always they're giving us the worst cursed the, exactly so then dax himself was on the view with his wife Kristen bell mm-hmm. and the bathing thing was brought up and Kristen and da- dax said that they wait until their children stink until they bathe. I'm a big fan of waiting for the stink. Okay, Once you catch a whiff, that's, that's biology's way of letting you know you need to clean it up. And then Kristen told the Daily Beast that there's a drought in California, so they do what they can do to save water. And when she takes a shower, she'll sometimes bring her children in so they can save water, right? Mm, so right. now we know the bathing habits of... Kristen Bell and Dax Shepard. I mean, we know everything else about them, so we might as well know their bathing habits as well. Bathing was truly the last frontier for what I didn't know about them. Oh, no, there's so much more. There's so much more that don't put that out. I was going to say, don't you put that out into the universe. You're right, you're right. I take it back. I'll cut that. I'll cut that. So (laughs) um, then out of the blue, Jake Gyllenhaal gave us his bathing habits during an interview with Vanity Fair. And this interview was a straight-up PR piece, a fluff piece. Mm-hmm, for and, perfume. Yeah, he was promoting, he's in face of this Prada fragrance. Mm-hmm. And so it was just an interview to promote this fragrance. And the in the ad, in the Prada ad, it's like he's on the water, he's on a sailboat. So it's like a water theme. So mm-hmm. they kind of talked about water and all that. And then... Jake dropped this bomb on us. Mm -hmm. So he said, more and more, I find bathing to be less necessary at times. I do believe because Elvis Costello is wonderful that good manners and bad breath get you nowhere. So I do that. But I do also think that there's a whole world of not bathing that is also really helpful for skin maintenance. And we naturally clean ourselves. Now... (laughs) So delisted writer Christian, he wrote about this on the site and he said, what does Jake mean about like naturally clean himself? Like, does he lick his asshole like a cat? Which is exactly where my brain went as well. So what does he mean by naturally clean ourselves? Well, I have no idea because, okay, Michael, I am, uh, I'm a person who I don't, I'm like, all of a sudden I'm like getting all like, uh, like uptight and like, well, I don't want to say this word, but I'm a person who has a vagina. So I've been told forever that that is a thing that cleans itself. Right? 
Okay, yeah. So it's like, that's just like what I learned in like my terrible, uh, you know, high school sex ed was like, it cleans itself. You don't need to use like Vagisil, nothing like that. It cleans itself. Do you it's hear, is, there, is it like the oven where it's like, um, you know, Easy self-clean off? button? No, a self-clean <laughs> button. And you yes. just hit it. And it's it's out of commission for like most of the day, but once that once it's done, it's clean, cleaner yeah, than ever. Exactly. That's how it is. Okay. Yeah, there's like little cartoon like um like glitter and shimmer, and it like makes that noise like ding. But so what I'm trying to say though is, it's like that's the only part of my body I've ever been taught is self cleaning. I haven't heard anything about self cleaning arms or self cleaning ass crack or self cleaning behind my ears that's not a thing i've ever heard of until jake gyllenhaal claimed that his whole body had to toe itself cleaning yeah so he's a different kind because he his skin cleans itself engineered in a lab so we've got kristen bell dax mm-hmm. shepherd mila kunis ashton kutcher and jake gyllenhaal as fans of non-regular bathing mm-hmm. so let now let's get to the regular bathers so these are the people that probably smell good so this has become a trending topic on Twitter, mm-hmm. and people were wondering which celebrities bathe and which don't. So The Rock's name came up, and he let everyone know on Twitter that he's not only a bather, he's a super bather. So he tweeted, I'm the opposite of a not-washing-themselves celeb. Shower cold when I roll out of bed to get my day rolling. Shower warm after my workout before work. Shower hot after I get home from work, face wash, body wash, exfoliate, and I sing off key in the shower. So I mean, that California drought Kristen was talking about, it's thanks to The Rock and his yeah, three showers. It's the almond farms and The Rock's house. Yeah. So if you, if you smell what The Rock is cooking, it's body wash, basically. Body mm-hmm. wash and soap. Mm-hmm. The cold shower makes sense to me. You know, it's to wake up. The after shower, after workout shower, of course, makes sense to me. The Absolutely. end of the day shower, I don't get. That one can probably be skipped. I'm I'm with you. I know people that like cannot go to sleep unless they have a shower because yeah. they think it's gross yeah. to like go to sleep without yeah, a clean body. Like, I think that's gross to crawl into a bed dirty. But I'm also like, I don't know. I only need one shower in the morning. I've crawled into so many beds. I've crawled into dirty beds while dirty with a dirty person. So I'm... I'm fine with that. <laughs> yeah. So other celebrities have also made it clear that they shower on the regular. Mm-hmm. Um, Jody Turner-Smith, who was in Queen and Slim and married to Pacey himself, Joshua Jackson. Mm-hmm. They have a 15-month-old together. Jody tweeted, Before you lot even ask, in this house we bathe. <laughs> so she made that clear. And Chris Evans fans brought out a clip from last year where he said he showers all the time. So Chris Evans is in the regular showering club. Mm -hmm. And Jason Momoa was doing an interview with Access Hollywood, and the topic of celebrities admitting they don't shower was brought up. And at first, Jason said under his breath, Jesus, (laughs) like, I can't believe you're asking me this. And then he said, No, I'm not starting any trends. I shower. Trust me, I'm Aquaman. Good, good, good. I'm I'm Aquaman. I'm in the water. Don't don't worry about it. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's true. Water is his brand. He, ha- he has to shower. It would be like detrimental to his brand if he came out as being like, I don't bathe. I'm dry all the time. He'd be like, Aquaman would never. 
DC would drop him as Aquaman if that happened. Mm -hmm. So if you're not keeping score at home, the celebrity infrequent bathers, like I said, Mila Ashton, Dax, Kristen Bell, Jay John Hall, the frequent bathers, The Rock, Jason Momoa, Jody, Joshua, Chris. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm sure we'll have more to add to it. As we are talking about this, I'm sure 10 more have popped up on Twitter. But in what seemed like a, just a stupid conversation about celebrities who don't wash themselves has become a discussion online about class and racism. Mm-hmm. Because if you if you noticed, um, mm-hmm. the infrequent bathers I mentioned are all white. Yes. And the frequent bathers, besides Chris Evans and Joshua Jackson, are not white. And there's a racist stereotype that people of color and immigrants are stinky, dirty, smell funny, right? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. society, some people will look at a little dirty white boy and think, ah, how cute, what a roughhouser. Oh, yeah. he's just playing. And then they'll look at a little boy who isn't white and dirty and say, ew, gross, he's dirty. Or like call CPS and be like, well, that child is being neglected. Yeah. So people mm-hmm. have brought that up and said that it's not surprising that there's rich white celebrities who are happy to share that they don't bathe and mm-hmm. that they walk around unbothered and not insecure mm-hmm. about being dirty. Well, because they don't have to worry about it. They don't have to worry about, you know, somebody calling CPS and, you know, reporting them for neglect or anything like that. Yeah, nobody's going to tell Kristen Bell you smell. Yeah, and you know what's crazy too? Kristen Bell has a kid's line called Hello Bello that is like diapers, body wash, uh, soap, body cream. So she has literally no excuse. She gets that stuff for free. She probably has a garage full of kid's body wash that's just going bad. Oh my God, and she's a horrible businesswoman because if I had a line of business, I'd be like, I wash my kid 10 times a day with... Hello, Hello Bella, Bella body wash. Hello, I Bella wash myself Lavender. with it. I wash mm-hmm. the floors with it. I wash everything with this shit. Yeah, whenever my dog takes a shit, I grab its little tail and yes. clean off its little booty. Yeah. I mean, listen, I know that right now it's a hot topic, but an issue. But mm-hmm. I feel like if you want to wash every day, great. If you don't. It would be difficult for you. It would be. Yeah, it would be difficult for you to be in a car on a road trip with someone who doesn't bathe. Well, you can roll down the windows. We all have choices. That's true. There's, I, I can put a, um, a laundry clip. What are those yeah. clothespins? <laughs> Clothespin on your nose. On my nose, <laughs> and yeah, which wouldn't be rude at all. But, no, that that's the thing. If you're a celebrity that's admitting that you're not bathing, please have a bag of clothespins that you can then disperse to everyone. Yeah. As a kindness. Yeah, but more importantly, now we know, like, if for some reason, and there will never be a reason, mm-hmm. you have to choose to toss the salad of Jake Gyllenhaal or The Rock, you kind of know what you're dealing with now, right? You kind of know what to expect. Like, you, you know, it's a, Jake, it might be a little musty, and you know, there's people into that, so that might be your flavor. Yeah. <laughs> I realized what I was saying before. <laughs> As soon as it left my mouth. And, yeah. you know, if if squeaky, squeaky, squeaky clean is your thing, then it's the rock. I mean, that his business is so clean, you could eat a meal off of it. It is a meal. It's That's clean eating. <laughs> also, the rock eats so much food. Like, we know that he eats, like, 20,000 
calories a day, more than that. So that's probably underestimating that the food probably doesn't even go through his body at like a normal speed like the rest of us. The food's probably coming out the same way it went in. So you could also get like a meal out of it. That's you gross. completely <laughs> lost me. I was like, he's barfing up his food. What? Where? <laughs> no, Where I'm ima- no, I'm imagining his butt is like a buffet and he just spreads his cheeks and he's like, here's some waffles. Oh, it doesn't digest. Here's a whole pizza. It doesn't digest. Exactly. On that note, uh, <laughs> we're going to move on to another big story of the week. And that's the new host of Jeopardy. So <laughs> the world lost international treasure Alex Trebek late last year, and he hosted the show for 36 years. And he was Jeopardy, like the face of Jeopardy, the everything of Jeopardy. So it's hard to think of anyone else hosting it, but the show is going on. And for months, they've been trying out guest hosts, both famous and not so famous. Mostly famous, but some not so famous people in there. So they've tried out 16. So the famous ones, that's a lot, a lot. The famous ones included Ken Jennings, who is Jeopardy's biggest winner. He was considered the front runner for the job. Uh, Katie Couric, Dr. Oz, and I say that with all the question marks in my voice because I still don't know how that happened. <laughs> Every finger doing air quotes. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers, Anderson Cooper, Bill Whitaker, Mayim Bialik, Dr. Gupta, Robin Roberts, LeVar Burton, who was the internet's choice before he even hosted. So the not so famous ones include Mike Richards, who is executive producer on Jeopardy, mm-hmm. Buzzy Cohen, who is a Jeopardy champion, and journalist David Faber. Mm-hmm. So Variety reported that Mike Richards is at the very top of the choice for the new host, and he is in advanced talks to take over. Mm-hmm. And some have said it's a done deal. Some say he's still in talks. Some say it's going to happen. Right. So Mike has been in game shows a while, both behind the scenes and in front of the camera. He was a producer on The Prices Right. He hosted the second season of Beauty and the Geek. And he, like I said, he's currently an executive producer on Jeopardy. So people were like, oh, he hired himself. <laughs> yeah, he's a, he's a producer on the show. It's like, congratulations, you get a job. But pe- sources claim that producers don't have the final say that Sony does. But I'm sure it helps him because, you know, companies like to promote from within. Yeah. And also, Sony doesn't know what's going on. They're just going to call up the producers of Jeopardy and be like, who do, who have you got? And he's like, I got me. They're like, Who's Great. the cheapest? Here's a, yeah. He's like, I'll work, for the, I'll work for the salary I'm currently getting. There's a little glitch, though, in Mike becoming the new host. Um, not long after Mike was named as a possible permanent host, um, some people loved it. Some people yawned, and some people brought out three lawsuits that were filed against. um, Not all of them were filed against him, but he was named in three lawsuits. What is yikes? Yeah, when he was an executive producer on The Price is Right. So all lawsuits were from Price is Right models. The first was from Shane Sterling, who sued producers in 2010 for wrongful termination after she was let go right after she returned from pregnancy leave. The lawsuit was dismissed. 
The second lawsuit was from Brandy Cochran, who sued the show in 2010 and claimed that Mike Richards fired her after she got pregnant and had a difficult pregnancy. She said Mike was callous about her being pregnant and the show chose not to renew her contract. That case went to trial and a jury sided with Brandy and ordered the show to pay her $8 million. Um, The show appealed and won So the decision was overturned, but then both sides eventually settled for a sum we don't know. The third lawsuit was filed in 2011 by model Lanisha Cole. Lanisha claimed that Mike discriminated against her and pushed her to the side in order to give more airtime to another model he was dating at the time. And Lanisha said Mike treated her differently than the other models and that he refused to speak with her directly, which made her nervous about her job. She also claimed that another executive producer named Adam Sandler, not that Adam Sandler, (laughs) a different one, once walked into the dressing room without knocking and she was topless and he yelled at her in front of the other models over not bantering with the host, Drew Carey, after he made a joke. And Lanisha, Lanisha said she wasn't mic'd at the time, so she couldn't really banter with him. So she complained to management, but they did nothing, so she had no other choice but to quit. Mike Richards was eventually dismissed as a defendant from that lawsuit, and Lanisha eventually settled with the production company. So it seems like Mike may have a history of being a dick to female employees and pregnant women. Mm-hmm. I mean, the lawsuits make it sound like that, that's for sure. Yeah, and so he has responded, according to CNN, He sent an internal memo to the staff of Jeopardy. He said that no decision about him being host has been made and that he again said he has no say in who gets to be host. And about the lawsuits, he said, these were allegations made in employment disputes against the show. I want you all to know that the way in which my comments and actions have been characterized in these complaints does not reflect the reality of who I am or how we work together on The Price is Right. He also denied being discriminatory against pregnant women and said their pregnancies were embraced and celebrated. Not to them. Yeah, no, uh, according those, to those lawsuits, they were not embraced and celebrated. They were the opposite. They were chastised and got fired from, allegedly. So what do you think of Mike Richards as the new host? Well, I think that Mike Richards is definitely still going to be the host. I feel like Jeopardy... It is just like probably hoping that, um, you know, enough of their viewers don't read the internet and won't see these lawsuits and that they could just kind of like move forward. Um, also, especially because like the lawsuits were set, some of them are settled. So I feel like whenever a lawsuit is settled, I feel like CEOs are like, they kind of just like dust off their hands like, well, there we go. Problem solved. Nobody was found guilty and the lawsuit went away. So like what I'm trying to say is like, let's say shittier people are okay with just pretending the lawsuit didn't happen when it got settled. So, I mean, I think that, I think that like I would be okay if he didn't get the job. Like, I'm not sitting here at home being like, oh, my God, I really wanted Mike Richards to get this job. I'm crestfallen that all this information came out. I'd be like, that's fine. Just, you know, he had a whole bunch of lawsuits against him. Like, okay, move on to the next person. Like you said, you feel like he's going to get the job anyways, which you're probably right. But (laughs) when 
his name was floated around mm-hmm. as they're in advance talks with him mm-hmm. to be the permanent host. I figured that Sony leaked this to kind of gauge how everyone's reaction is. Oh, okay. Or maybe get ahead of it? No, to fit. I think before the lawsuits, okay. before the lawsuits came out okay. again, they just kind of were like, we're interested in him, but let's say that he's in advance talks and see how everyone, the public reacts to it. Right. And if they're like, no, or they pull out some old tweets, yeah, <laughs> then let's go with our second choice. So Ken Jennings, it could happen is what I'm saying. But you, you're probably right. He's probably going to be the one. And he, to me, was one of the best ones. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was he was into it. That's the thing. Like, he was definitely into it as a host. Well, he's he's a boring choice and he's yeah. a safe choice, but... Like, for me, him and Mayim Bialik were, like, at the top. Yeah. I don't understand why they don't just pick Blossom. Well, you know, the thing, what I think is that a lot of the guest hosts they did have were not contenders. Like, Robin Roberts, she hosts a morning show in New York. She's not going to take that job. Same with Savannah Guthrie. Same with Anderson Cooper. Felt like the only there was only like a small handful of contenders because I do think like they probably want someone who's not a household name since Jeopardy is all about the contestants. So I felt Mm -hmm. like they didn't give us, they didn't have, they didn't try out enough people. Like they should have went into like local news markets and got local talent, you know, people who are not household names, but know how to host are comfortable in front of the camera and tried them out. Instead, oh it's like God. they tried Dr. Oz, yeah. who had like, no chance in hell. Like what you're saying is they needed to go into like a small town and find the Nicole Kidman, like weather person. What, like you're referencing was, to die for? To die for, yes, of course. Yeah, they're, they're, yeah, just find local news talent and try them out instead of trying out Anderson Cooper, who is not going to take that job. Yeah, I mean... He's definitely not. Or like Aaron Rodgers, it's like he's in the NFL. He has like Super Bowls to play. He's not going to host Jeopardy. He's still in the NFL? Yeah, I think he's still hanging around. Oh, yeah. Then he's not going to take it. In the locker room, I'm sure. Yeah, he's not going to take it. He's not going to take it. Um, I mean, I think that if they don't go with Mike Richards, obviously, like you said, Mike Richards is a really safe choice and he's kind of like a nobody. So it's not like he'll overshadow the show and it's not like he's like already famous. But if they don't go with him, if they realize that the lawsuits are, like, too bad, then I think that they should go with Watson. So do you remember who Watson was? It was a contestant. Watson was the super smart robot that um, competed on Jeopardy, um, I believe, against Ken Jennings. And um, it was like a robot who knew everything. Like, it was like a computer program. And... So to the best of my knowledge, Watson, the computer program, doesn't have any pending or settled lawsuits that we know of yeah that we know of but you know what now that you say that they might announce like we're thinking about watson and then someone's going to dig up watson's old tweets and honestly watson is what battery operated so ken jennings is just going to take out that battery and then host it himself because you know he wants that shit bad okay so from one person whose career might be in jeopardy uh to some friendships that are 
definitely in jeopardy or actually are just straight up done. So Jennifer Aniston recently revealed that she decided to cut people out of her life who haven't received the COVID-19 vaccine. Uh, So many people have the COVID-19 vaccine. We started getting it in North America in, I want to say, March? Is that right? Yeah, February, February-ish, March, yeah. All right, okay. Michael, I'm not going to put you on the spot, but I am going to put you on the spot. Have you got your COVID vaccines? Yeah, I got in April. Okay, which one did you get? Pfizer. Right. Well, there you go. You're protected. You're safe. I myself, I got the Moderna vaccines and I was happy to get them. You know, the vaccines are life-saving. They're very important. But there are some people in Jennifer Aniston's life that didn't think they were that important. And uh, now their contacts have been deleted out of her phone. So Jennifer Aniston spoke to InStyle about where she stands on vaccines. And if I had to guess, Michael, if Rachel Green from Friends got her vaccine i would say probably not because rachel green definitely seems like the type of person who could be misguided by misinformation okay but not jennifer aniston she's the exact opposite so she said there's still a large group of people who are anti-vaxxers or just don't listen to facts it's a real shame i've lost a few people in my weekly routine who have refused or did not disclose whether or not they'd been vaccinated and it was unfortunate I feel it's your moral and professional obligation to inform since we're not all potted up and being tested every single day. It's tricky because everyone is entitled to their own opinion, but a lot of opinions don't feel based in anything except fear or propaganda. I agree with her. I think that a lot of like anti-vaxxers are, you know, they're Mm. operating out of fear. They're scared. Mm. They're scared that the vaccine is going to be a microchip or they're scared the vaccine is going to make them sick or, you know, Mm -hmm. they don't know. So some people... Jennifer Aniston's on Instagram and some people started kind of questioning her about it. And so a lot of people kind of had a, I don't want to say a lot of people, a very small but vocal minority uh, had a problem with her saying that she was cutting people out who didn't have their vaccines. So a couple days after her InStyle interview was published, she went on Instagram and she confronted a user who asked Jennifer why she cares so much about people getting vaccinated if she's protected with her own vaccine which that's like a super common argument, right? Like, why do you care if I get the vaccine? If you have it, you're protected. Right. So she said, because if you have the variant, you're still able to give it to me. I may get slightly sick, but I will not be admitted to a hospital or die. But I can give it to somebody who does not have the vaccine, whose health is compromised or has a previous existing condition. And therefore, I would put their lives at risk. And that's why I worry. We have to care about more than just ourselves. So she did, she's like serious, like she's for real being like, I'm not fucking around. If you didn't get your vaccine, don't come into my house. Don't be near me. But she didn't specify which people she cut out of her life. So well, she said the way she said yes. people in my weekly routine make makes it sound like hair people, nail people, skin people, gardeners, people that work in her house. Like she didn't say friends. She said like yeah. people in my, the that wording made it sound to me like, waxers and employees yeah employees (laughs) yeah people that do services for her or work for her that's that's how i took it yeah like i also think too that like if she had a friend who didn't want to get the vaccine let's say jennifer anderson's good friend chelsea handler decides she doesn't want to get the vaccine chelsea handler's pro-vaccine but still I feel like it wouldn't be so much of her cutting them out. I think that she would still have them in her life, but say, like, 
you really need to get that vaccine. Like, you should be doing this. But yeah, like you said, like, let's say it's the person who delivers her smart water every week and she finds out they're not vaccinated. She might be like, okay, well, you're not delivering anymore. Someone else is going to be doing that. Yeah, that's what I think she was talking about. But what I want to know is how does she just straight up ask them, are you vaccinated? I bet she does. She seems like that. She seems very direct. Yeah, maybe she's, maybe she does. She's that. probably like, show me, show me your uh, vaccine papers. Show me the. <laughs> show CBS me your papers. You can- <laughs> well, it's like I, whenever, um, like I don't know how many friends. The friends I do have all are all vaccinated. But whenever I have to like meet up with someone who I don't really know that well, and I know we're going to be in close proximity, I always say like, by the way, I'm vaccinated, and they usually say I am too. Like I don't ask them i just say i'm vaccinated so and if they don't say if they didn't say anything then i would take that that they're probably not so that's why i'm like does she ask she says bring you bring out your card yeah i mean she's rich enough that she could but what i am interested in is why somebody would choose so like her she made it seem like She's not just asking people and they're like, oh, no, I haven't gotten the vaccine. I don't know where to get it. Like, it sounds like she's cutting out people that are like, no, I'm absolutely not getting it. And imagine messing up that paycheck. Like, imagine losing a weekly paycheck from Jennifer Aniston, who will never go broke. She's going to need these services for the rest of her life. She's never going to be like, oh, sorry, I have to let you go. Money's tight right now. Wrapping up our four biggest stories of the week. Um, we're going from people getting iced out of Jennifer Aniston's life to Netflix getting cold feet about the release of their Marilyn Monroe biopic, Blonde. I'm very proud of that segue, by the way. So Anna de Armas isn't going to get the big awards season Oscar buzz. She was probably expecting to get this year. Um, Anna de Armas, she isn't just somebody who dated Ben Affleck before he dated J-Lo and made all of our summer dreams come true. She's also a busy working actor. She was in Knives Out, so in a Marilyn Monroe movie called Blonde. And um, for a while, a lot of people were saying like, oh, she's definitely gonna get nominated for an Oscar. Like this is gonna be a huge year for her. Filming started in August, 2019. So this movie has been done for a while. It's directed by Andrew Dominic, who did uh, uh, Jesse James and the Coward, yeah, Robert, the, the assassination of Jesse of Jesse James, yeah, with yeah, Brad okay. Pitt, yeah, exactly, and Casey Affleck, I believe. So, um, so he's like an established director. Blonde was supposed to be released this fall. It's being made through Netflix, by the way. So it was supposed to be released this fall, which is, of course, like that's when you kind of get the ball rolling with award season. There's like you know the Venice Film Festival, Toronto International Film Festival. There's all the film festivals, and then you know award season kind of starts around December and January. But we're not going to hear about Blonde this year. So Netflix has decided to push the release of Blonde to 2022. They have not given a date. We don't know if it's January 2022 or December 2022. It's a huge question yeah. mark. Yeah. Nothing specific. Netflix has like disappeared this movie almost. They're just like, it'll happen next year. Stop talking about it. And so allegedly the reason is because Netflix is horrified with Blonde. I guess they thought they were getting like a My Week with Marilyn, but... Yeah, like a basic biopic. Yeah, like a regular Oscar buzzy biopic. They're not. They're getting talking fetuses and period blood. 
So according to sources, the current cut of Blonde is has an NC-17 cut, which is like, that's that means you see a lot. And um, some of the scenes that are questionable to Netflix or have Netflix like uh, choking on their water is um, are scenes that involve Marilyn talking to a fetus in her body that she plans to abort, oral sex with period blood mixed in, uh, and a rape scene. So it's like very, this isn't my week with Marilyn. This isn't uh, a fluffy Oscar buzzy biopic. No, and it's also not a biopic. It's fictionalized. Right. It's like based on a book by Joseph Carol Oates called mm-hmm. Blonde. Mm-hmm. And it's like a fictional retelling of this point this moment in Marilyn's life right exactly so Joyce Carol Oates um I believe it was last year she saw a cut of the film like a rough cut and she described it as brilliant she thought it was so great but Netflix doesn't think it's brilliant um it's also been said that there isn't a lot of dialogue in it like there isn't a whole lot of talking and that it's more of an experimental film so which like Netflix was not expecting that apparently they weren't expecting like uh, uh well an experimental film basically um and Netflix really wants it gone because Deadline says that Blonde was invited to be screened out of competition at Cannes and Netflix declined they were like no it's not going to Cannes no one is seeing this movie yet and uh yeah I mean it's a little bit confusing though because you would assume that netflix saw the script yeah it's before they greenlit this movie (laughs) and not only that but why are they suddenly acting like they're too good when it's like i mean they gave us emily in paris which is beyond offensive more offensive than talking fetuses and period sex and now suddenly they're like this is too offensive for us no, yeah, no, they're like we we're only producing good work, no garbage. Just another season of Emily in Paris. Mm-hmm. But also, like, I feel like Netflix probably wanted like a sanitized, family-friendly version of like the Marilyn Monroe story, where like the most scandalous scene is Anna Darmus singing "Happy Birthday, Mr. President." But then, like you said, they need to do their research and read the script, or just read the synopsis of Blonde on Goodreads. And you'll see that this is not your grandma's Marilyn Monroe movie. Well, also part of the script was leaked and it was the scene of Marilyn Monroe talking to her fetus and her body. So it's like, who did Netflix think she was talking to? Like Jiminy Cricket? Did they think that it was that type of movie? Yeah, and that scene is a mess because it's Marilyn talking to the fetus in her womb and the fetus is like, are you going to get rid of me like the last one? It sounds like anti-abortion messiness. Pro-life. <laughs> yeah. It's, oh, no. it, I'm just like, okay. Actually, you know, and actually like I, I, like I knew about Blonde, the novel, but I didn't know it was like a fictional retelling until this. Mm-hmm. And now, and I thought like Netflix, this was going to be a basic Marilyn Monroe biopic. But now with all this, and I'm like, suddenly it became interesting because there's literally 10 million Marilyn Monroe biopics out there. So mm-hmm. one involving talking fetuses and period sex. Yeah, suddenly I'm intrigued. Yeah, to that to that thought, like if Netflix was just going to produce like a whatever Marilyn Monroe biopic where they put Anna de Armas in a blonde wig and like a white 
dress that could be flipped up by the wind. Guess what? I can get that if I ask to sit in the Hollywood Legends booth at a Planet Hollywood. And there are Planet Hollywoods that still exist. I There is? Where? Uh, well, in my <laughs> dreams, at least. <laughs> Hollywood. <laughs> or you can just walk down Hollywood Boulevard and you can get a Marilyn Monroe impersonator who will do that just for you. I For five bucks extra, I think they'll sing Happy Birthday, Mr. President. Yeah. And hopefully, you know that, like, dancing alien from Spaceballs? You know, Hello, no, My I, Baby? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, so that alien better, yeah, that alien better play the fetus. <laughs> and return to Hollywood. Return to the silver screen. It needs the work. It's the comeback it deserves. Hello, my honey. Hello, my raccoon Send me a kiss by one. Allison and I will now go over five stories, starting with CZJ as Morticia Adams. Netflix is doing a coming-of-age live-action series about Wednesday Adams called, wait for it, but it, guess what it's called, Allison? Oh my god, I don't know. I don't even know. I don't think I have the bandwidth to even get this creative, Michael. I think you're just going to have to tell me. Thursday. Oh, okay. Well, that makes sense. No, it's called Wednesday. Um, Even better. (laughs) Yeah. Tim Burton is directing the show and executive producing it. There's sleuthing. There's supernatural stuff. So it's like Sabrina, the Teenage Mm Witch-ish. You know, it's like that reboot, but with Wednesday Adams. Jenna Ortega, who is in the second season of You, she's playing Wednesday. Luis Guzman, who is in Boogie Nights and Magnolia, is playing Gomez. And Oscar winner Catherine Zeta-Jones has finally gotten a good role again and is playing Morticia. This is the perfect casting to me. Like, I was, so when this series was announced, I was like, okay, whoever they pick, they're just going to put them in a black wig and it's fine. I love Louise Guzman. I think that that is like an excellent Gomez. But Catherine Zeta-Jones is, like, she is Morticia Adams. So like Morticia... Catherine Zeta-Jones has dark hair. Mm-hmm. She's got a body yaddy yaddy. She's rich. She's mysterious. And her husband is so horny for his wife that it eventually gave him throat cancer. He, Gomez got throat cancer? No, but Gomez was super horny for his wife. Oh, I'm but... I'm saying Michael Douglas might be Oh, because be I know Michael Douglas. But I thought... I was like, what episode was that? Well, you know what? I don't know. I don't know Gomez's medical history. He, This might be revealed in Wednesday. <laughs> yeah, there's HIPAA. I mean, hopefully there's not a scene where Gomez earns his red wings by eating out Morticia while on her period or Netflix will cancel it. But you know who's crying over this? Who? Johnny Depp. He's probably spent weeks walking around in a tight black dress <laughs> and a black wig to land the role of Morticia. And he did. not even Tim Burton will cast him nowadays. Times are very hard for Johnny Depp. Ben Platt has played the title role in Dear Evan Hansen since the show's first workshop in 2014, and he played the role on Broadway, winning a Tony, and now he's in the movie, which comes out next month. So Ben, we've talked about this on the podcast before, Mm -hmm. has gotten shit for being 27 years old and playing a high school student, especially because he doesn't look like a high schooler. Mm -mm. Ben got mad about that. And during an interview on the YouTube show, The Zach Sang Show, he said that people are always going to bitch about something and that he created the role. And if he were not in the movie, it probably wouldn't have gotten made. 
And he's getting shit for those comments, too, because his father, Mark Platt, is a big-time producer who produced the Dear Evan Hansen movie. And I'm sure that's just a coincidence. They they go on set like, Dad, I didn't what know you were here. You, oh, my God. Oh, my God. So we're working together. That's wild. <laughs> I mean, he, Ben Platt claims that the movie probably wouldn't have gotten made had he not signed on to it. Can it still not be made? Said everyone who has seen the trailer. I know. Unmake it. <laughs> but, um, and I don't know why Ben Platt thinks he's so special because plenty of people could have been in Dear Evan Hansen. Like, Gabriel Carteris was 40 years old practically <laughs> when she played a high school student and she played it to perfection. So she could have easily played Evan Hansen. Like, she still hasn't. Honestly, that would have been a better movie. Dear mm-hmm. Andrea Zuckerman. Despite his stage name, Big Sean is five foot eight, but in an Instagram story, Big Sean claimed he's now five foot ten, and he claims he grew two inches because he went to a chiropractor for a week, and the chiropractor stretched out his spine, and he's now taller. So he stood next to a friend who is five ten to prove he's grown. <laughs> oh my God, the insecurity. <laughs> Skilo is like, hey, wait a minute. Wishing I was taller is my thing. Wishing I was a little bit taller because it's only two inches. Do you, do you believe him? No. So he's liar, Sean, not big, big liar, Sean. Yeah. But I feel for the chiropractors out there because now creepy men with short dicks are going to call them asking if they can straighten the spine <laughs> of their penises. So thank you, big Sean. Forbes recently named Rihanna a billionaire, and it isn't from music, so she doesn't really do that anymore. It's from her Fenty empire, which includes makeup, lingerie, skincare products, etc., etc., etc. Forbes says that Rihanna is now worth $1.7 billion. And when Rihanna was out and about, a paparazzo asked her what it feels like to reach billionaire status, and she only said three words. Those three words were, God is good. But is God as rich as Rihanna? I don't think so. No. no. God, God is like, okay. He wishes he was. I mean, a billion dollars is a lot of dollars, Michael. Like that's, the, in terms of dollars, it's a billion dollars. It's, yeah, it's a lot. And technically, the only thing that she has more of than dollars is people yelling, when is the album coming? Yeah, that's like a trillion mm-hmm. by now. If she if she only got a dollar for every time, she'd be a trillionaire. She'd be richer than Jeff Bezos. <laughs> And in some double fast food meat news, uh, Chevrolet got Guy Fieri to create something special for a Major League Baseball event where the Yankees and the White Sox will play each other at the site where they filmed Field of Dreams in Dyersville, Iowa. So Guy created the Apple Pie Hot Dog, which is a hot dog, bacon jam, and pie filling inside of a pie crust topped with apple mustard, apple pie spice, sugar, and bacon crumble. It will only be sold at that special game, but Guy has the recipe on his Instagram. It looks good, no joke. Oh yeah, I did it. But if you're too lazy to make Guy Fieri's special apple pie hot dog, then Australian pastry chef Johnny Massad has the perfect thing for you. So Johnny recommends getting an apple pie from McDonald's, Cut off one end with scissors, take out the pie filling with a fork, and then put a chicken McNugget 
inside and there you go. So he claims it's very crunchy and the best way to eat a chicken McNugget. How bored are we? How bored are all of us where we're shoving chicken McNuggets into pies? <laughs> I mean, let's face it, pandemic or no pandemic, there would be somebody who would be shoving chicken McNuggets into a pie. But I think it's I think it's like good culinary wise it uh-huh. makes sense. And who doesn't love stuffing meat in their pie hole? No. But honestly, if I'm going <laughs> to stuff some questionable meat into a pile, it's going to be mine, not Ronald McDonald's. We've come to the end of the episode, but before we go, we have a programming note. We will have a show next week on August 18th, but after that, we're taking a three-week hiatus to recharge what is ever left of our brains. After next week's episode, we'll be back on September 15th. So we're doing August 18th, then we're off until September 15th. And Mm -hmm. we may retool the show a bit. So if you have any ideas or notes on things we should add or work on, you can email us at dtp at delisted.com. Or you can email us separately if you want. Mm -hmm. My email is michaelk at delisted.com. Allison's email is allison at delisted.com. There's two L's in Allison. That's right. Or I was also going to say, too, if you are an Instagram person, um, you can DM our Instagram account or DM on Twitter. But anyways, if you have ideas, DM us, email us, all that stuff. Okay, we'll be back next week. Bye. Bye.